Hello and welcome. This is Background Screening Tips and Tech with me, Tim Santoni, and my co-host, Joe Berlin. Joe, thanks again for joining us today. Today, we have a special episode of the show. We have, a, we have a guest, Matt McGregor from First Advantage is joining us. He is an expert in the nonprofit world, and I'll let him uh, take a few minutes, introduce himself, his role, um, and go from there. Um, and again, please feel free to leave any questions for us that come up that we do not answer in the show notes or however you're viewing this episode. Um, so Matt, I'll let you kick it off and let us share a little bit about yourself, your background, and how you came to be kind of the nonprofit expert over at First Advantage. Thanks, Tim. Appreciate you giving me the opportunity to join you guys today. So as mentioned, my name is Matt McGregor. I am the Director of Nonprofit and Education Solutions at First Advantage. So what does that mean? I actually work with our current clients and our prospective clients on benchmarking, uh, industry-centric consultation, best practices, solution design, and ultimately operationalizing those solutions. So we focus in on a number of aspects of the nonprofit sector. So the people solutions, bringing the right talent through the door, um, safety solutions, making sure that you vetted those folks that are representing the brand. And we actually take, take it a little bit further too. We have some fleet solutions and some tax solutions that aren't necessarily applicable in the nonprofit space, but can be applicable in their corporate partners. So uh, ultimately, we, we try to impact the space so they can uh, continue on with their mission in a safe environment. And so we bring a number of aspects of the solution set to the table. And today, I think we're going to talk a little bit about safety for the nonprofit sector. Great, great. That's a great introduction, Matt. And I don't know the how free you are to share the types of clients you work with or their names specifically, but maybe just kick us off with just the general sense of the types of companies to the ability you're able to share so that our viewers get a sense of the types of nonprofits that you help to protect through, you know, screening and other technology and services, uh, you know, in that sector? Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, to give you the broad stroke, you know, we can service any nonprofit. So whether it's a, you know, two or three person shop, that's really just helping out in the community all the way up to those global uh, nonprofits that serve around the world. And we focus in on a number of different areas. So we have the humanitarian group and the service group. So those are organizations that may provide healthcare solutions or food and nourishment solutions. Uh, We certainly focused in on youth serving organizations. So that can be anything from youth athletics uh, to after school programs and safety programs. Uh, And and then certainly it's the community service organization. So that uh, encompasses the youth serving, of course, but also those uh, in the community that might be out of work or might be homeless or, or might need an extra meal or a place to sleep. So when we think about uh, our reach, it really is end-to-end in the nonprofit sector. And, and I know that is, again, a bit of a broad stroke, but we really look to serve. And wherever we can serve, we will do just that. Awesome. Well, it's a great, great introduction and great insight for our, for our listeners and viewers to get a sense of who you guys work with. So thank you for sharing that. Um, as we kind of get into things here, you know, I, as you work across the nonprofit space, you know, what are you seeing as far as organizational focal points heading into 2021 in light of, you know, what's, what's happened in 2020, I guess, uh, you know, there's obviously maybe some shifts and maybe some changes, but what are you seeing? Yeah. So I think the headline right now is mission continuity. So the pandemic was disruptive to a number of industries, no doubt about that. And, and nonprofits is, is certainly aligned. Um, some orgs have had to quickly pivot their mission. Some orgs have actually had to, to shutter their doors for a short period of time or altogether. Um, so the impact's been vast. And really what we've tried to do is hone in on where the, the massive challenges for an organization when we engage 
and then try to peel back the layers and see how we can solve for it. So again, you have organizations that may have shifted from after-school programs to a community food bank. So if they're going to sustain the food bank, how do we help them in doing so? If there is a timeline where they will pivot back to their after-school program, okay, how do we help them not only maintain the food bank, but then slowly progress back to their original mission, which was after school. So as you can imagine, there's a lot that goes into that, um, not only from an operational standpoint, but, but from a safety and a security standpoint from a people um, aspect of things. So that's your volunteers, your full-time employees, your board members. Everybody has a stake in, in this evolution, if we can call it that. So you know, the, the one thing that jumped out at us when we started to, to engage was that there was a shift and who's volunteering and who the constituents are. And when I say constituent, what I'm referring to is the people that actually take the services from an organization. And so we saw a shift in, in folks that were volunteering and they continued to volunteer, but they were also going from the back of the house into the line. And so for the first time ever, you actually saw individuals that were mainstays in the volunteer organization take advantages of the services. And so I think this was one of the first, I guess, um, broad stroke statements of, wow, this is a new world. This is something that we hadn't seen before. And we really had to change our positioning and become more agile in not only how we supported the nonprofits, but also how we engaged them in general. Their world was changing considerably. And the old school way of doing things just wasn't going to cut it anymore. So, you know, as the year began, we saw a, an increase in attention on volunteer attraction and retention and, and really elevating a volunteer's experience, similar to what you would see with a full-time employee. That still continues. And we saw that continue throughout the year. But again, the shift came from when, when you really took into account who was volunteering and who the constituents were. And so we wanted to make sure that we were putting together solutions that would allow organizations to quickly vet those volunteers that wanted to serve and wanted to, to take part in, in the service organization, but also ensure that they had the best possible folks throughout the organization, both as a full-time employee, a board member, or again, as those volunteers that are representing the brand. The other thing that jumped out right away uh, were virtual and remote opportunities for volunteers, which is certainly new to the sector. So all of this folds into different aspects of safety, which we can certainly explore. Wow. Yeah, that's that's definitely a shift, right? And definitely a change. And unfortunately, you know, for those folks, those those situations have transitioned and they're able to do that. Um, but uh, definitely you guys are taking a very strategic approach in, in understanding the actual mission and looking at continuity and helping them to actually operate better as an organization or as a business, more so than just, you know, safety and risk procedures, which is which is really great. Yeah, and we've really taken the position that we don't know. And so we have to go into the field. We have to talk to these organizations. We have to get a sense of what their day-to-day -day looks like right now and what it might look like six months, 12 months, 18 months down the road um, to assume that you know one, one solution fits everywhere is just simply wrong. And so we don't take that approach. Gotcha. 
So, um, you, you know, I guess another question that comes up is, is looking at safety for these organizations. We talked about, you know, physical safety, virtual, you know, cyber, whatever else that might be out there that impacts the ability for these businesses to operate in a, in a safe environment. You know, what are, what are the, the most, you know, what aspects are, are important in 2021? What are they preparing for? What shifts are you seeing in that, in that aspect of the overall safety of the organizations? I think you may have touched on a little bit earlier, but, you know, specifically, is there anything else that you're, you're seeing that uh, you want to share with our, our listeners? Indeed, indeed. So a couple points. One um, is is certainly physical safety. So when you think about PPE, access to you know, things that that will will mitigate risk within the COVID era, if you will. So that's front of mind for all. Um, whether you're in an office environment, whether you're in the field volunteering or as a full full time employer, or actually you know even in those vo- or virtual or remote environments, it's still front of mind. Um, another. Uh, I guess, increasing aspect of safety is around cybersecurity. So we're seeing more and more organizations pay attention to their intellectual property, um, to the security of their volunteer and their donor information, and also, you know, the shift to virtual and remote opportunities and ensuring that you have proper uh, cybersecurity in place there. Typically, we see VPNs being put in place as they should be, um, and and ultimately, that's a, a, a Substantial shift in the nonprofit world. We've seen an increase in volunteer and remote work in the commercial space for, gosh, 10, 20 years. But in the volunteer sector, it was slowly rising. And then when COVID hit, it, it just pushed it into the forefront so much so that you now see volunteers actively seeking remote and, and volunteer opportunities and, and, and looking for that um, a path to serve. Yeah. So, so in working with the nonprofit sector, a little bit different than the for-profit or, or, you know, general, you know, business environment, these changes take time and do take resources. So what are, what are these organizations doing to actually fund these types of projects? Are they able to get donors and or are they just shifting their funds? Like how is that, and how is the cost actually impacting their ability to operate and to, to serve their mission? That's a great question. So your traditional fundraising opportunities are still there. You know, donors that, that come to the table, grants, um, certainly from the government are in play, but more and more we're seeing an increase in crowdfunding. Um, you know, crowdfunding ha- has been in place for gosh, five, six, seven, eight years, but really over the past 12 months, it was embraced in the nonprofit community. And then again, when COVID hit, it was really pushed into the forefront. So, Digital engagement with the donor community has been on the rise for years. Uh, but ultimately, what that looked like was you know, traditional email outreach, phone call outreach, and giving them a, a digital environment where they can donate or, or learn more about the mission and, and certainly see what's going on within the mission. Crowdfunding in particular came into the forefront this year uh, because organizations were just slammed candidly. Uh, by COVID. Some had to shut their doors, some had their uh, uh, funding paths cut off or, or, or decreased uh, substantially. So they had to get creative. How do we get more dollars through the door so we can continue on with our mission? And crowdfunding and its, its basis stepped in and said, hey, <laughs> just by nature of how this works, it it can help. Gotcha. Yeah. And Joe, I wanted to bring you in on this. So I think that the Matt brings up a good point, which is the fact that the HR, the demands on HR, whether it's in a nonprofit or for-profit world have increased steadily and, and are much more, you know, I guess it's business as unusual, right? They're doing the normal things they have, but they're adjusting all their practices. You know what, Joe, what are you seeing in terms of the strains that's putting on HR administration, VPs of HR, HR generalists, and, you know, directors of HR, 
you know, in their day-to-day, you know, work life. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, not last week so much because we were going into a holiday, but definitely the, the weeks prior. Uh, I, I can tell just by talking with contacts of mine that their time is of the essence. They have a very small sliver of time to get anything done. Um, and, and so, you know, you're seeing that happen, right? And, you know, to Matt's points, those roles are changing. Uh, they're shifting, right? And and specifically speaking about you know uh, the nonprofit sector, and, and and you brought up you know crowdfunding. Uh, who's running the crowdfunding now, right? Like, I mean, it's it's probably the same people who were running some of those other you know typical you know uh, events to raise money and whatnot. But it's a completely new and different way in which to do it. And so now not, now they're not only having their normal typical responsibilities plus the retention plus the attraction of new employees, but now they have to learn a whole new system to be able to raise that money, right? And so that takes away from other aspects. And so, you know, I know one of the things that we want to get into and, and you know, kind of one of the next questions for Matt's going to have to do with, with you know, uh, a brand name protection and, and how do you ensure that you, you keep those things safe? Those the same people who are in charge of that very aspect. So running the background screening program on a day-to-day basis, for instance, those people are being pulled in different directions that they haven't had to deal with lately. Uh, so I'd be interested in any insight Matt has on that as well. Yeah, Joe, you, you hit on a couple of important points that um, you know these positions are evolving and they may be a temporary evolution. They may swing back you know, to, to 90% of what they were before, some may not, and some may evolve into new roles that are, are within an organization as we move forward. Um, but when you think about that, so that's great that there's new, new jobs to take on or new volunteer opportunities to take on, and that's going to be attractive to some. But you know, one of the, the things I, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up is ret- attraction and retention of volunteers and full-time employees. So again, this was uh, in the forefront as we came into 2020, as with most organizations, they're looking for a quality candidate experience. They're looking for an efficient candidate candidate experience. And, and ultimately, that's the first step in retention. Same hold true, hold true with a nonprofit, but even more so, we're seeing those same initiatives applied to a volunteer. So the volunteer is also looking for a good attraction experience. They're looking for a good onboarding experience. The volunteers that are looking to stay long-term they want to be developed. They're looking for those learning and development opportunities, just like a full-time employee would be. So, Joe, as you mentioned, you know, these existing employees are stretched. They're not just stretched in their duties. They're also stretched with how they can accommodate the new demands of this uh, employee and volunteer environment and community. Because, you know, the reality is this. Um, as everybody gets better at it, everybody gets a, a better uh, uh, mousetrap, if you will, to, to attract folks in, well, then you're, you're going to have to up your game. You're going to have to make sure that it is efficient. You're going to have to make sure that it's mobile enabled. You're going to have to make sure that it's easy to click through. And when it's not, you're going to have erosion uh, of your candidate pool. And again, that holds true with volunteers just as much as it does with full-time employees. Sure. So Matt, you know, we, we talk about, you know, risk prevention and, and, and brand reputation, which is crucial, right? As we're looking to bring in donors and into in these changing times where there could be exposure to risks, whether that's cyber or funding or, you know, fraud or embezzlement, all those things that, that could really impact a nonprofit, just like they would impact a normal business. And even more so sometimes because the brand reputation that's lost can sometimes never be restored. You know, and we talk about the stresses put on not only the organizations, the board, 
the HR team, the, 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 the actual employees, the stress put on them is, is, is greater. And that's because of these heightened situations. So, you know, in terms of reputational brand protection, what are some things that, that nonprofits that you're talking to are looking to implement to kind of mitigate exposure to those potentially new, you know, uh, elements of, 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 you know, reputational risk? Yeah. So one of the areas is increased due diligence on talent. And, and when I say talent, both volunteer and full-time employee, increase due diligence on your board and, and your senior, your leaders and your executives, and increase due diligence on partner volunteers. So I'll, I'll talk about each of those things. So certainly the due diligence on, on a full-time employer or volunteer, um, that's going to have an impact on, on brand and reputation. You know, if something goes awry and the press gets a hold of it, we all know what, what can happen to a, an organization when that is the case. So we're seeing with volunteers in particular, um, an increased spend. And I know that sounds counterintuitive right now um, to potentially spend more when funds are down, but you really cannot risk impacts to the brand. To, to your point, Tim, sometimes you just can't get it back. And so we're seeing folks spend a little bit more on volunteers just to make sure that it's the right person for the right role at the right time. Same holds true with your full-time employees, a little more spend, especially on those uh, senior leaders and executives. You do not want the press to find something that you didn't. And more and more organizations are, are realizing that just can't happen. They've seen, it, they've seen it in the press enough times where a brand is just destroyed and sometimes just has to shut the doors completely uh, because uh, of one mishap from somebody in a senior leadership role. So the increased due diligence, no doubt about it. Um, the, the, the organizations are really spending the time and energy to make sure it is the right person. Um, the other aspect, again, is, is looking at the senior leaders in particular and, and getting an understanding of, of their full background. Many times when somebody steps in and, and wants to run a nonprofit, we, we embrace that. We invite that, that they bring that experience and that skill set to the table. But we want to make sure that, that they have um, the best interest in mind of the organization. They're not dragging something negative with them that could potentially jump into the forefront at the worst possible time. And then the last thing is this. So in the nonprofit sector, oftentimes volunteers can come from a myriad of environments. So you have your, your organizational volunteers, the volunteers that raise their hand and say, hey, I want to be a part of this brand. And then you have your corporate volunteers that come from corporate entities that partner with the brand. And then you have other nonprofits that will actually um, share their volunteers with the brand. So those all offer a point of risk. So we talked a little bit about the vetting of the volunteers that come direct from the org. The org has control over that. Where they have a, a minimal amount of control beyond, hey, we'd like you to do this, is the volunteer vetting that goes on at the corporate partners, as well as at the other uh, nonprofits that may uh, share or loan their volunteers over. So this is, again, where we're seeing an increase in transparency. and So it's not just, hey, I, you know, I said I did it and that's good enough. More and more of these corporate partners and, and partner volunteer organizations, if you will, have to show that they've actually done what's asked of them, have to show that they've matched the, the screening criteria and the vetting criteria uh, that the, the centered organization requires. Again, that's ultimately brand protection for the, the, the centered organization, but also for the, uh, the corporate environment as well as the uh, partner nonprofits that are seeing volunteers. 
Yeah, it's almost the equivalent to extended workforce or your gig economy and or consultants and contractors in the contractors in the you know business world. So definitely a crucial point. And I think, you know, Joe, in, in hearing Matt talk, I think that one of the things that comes to mind is, is that working with an expert who understands how an, how an organization works, whether that's a for-profit, non-profit, you know, in different sectors uh, and how the, the interchange is is crucial. And we talk about digging deeper and the issues that, that come with that and finding things before the press does. But I think that that's why I think that a one-click background operate, you know, opportunity is not necessarily the best. And that's why partnering with someone like Matt and First Advantage has its value because those risks that are being prevented are some things that a lot of these organizations can't see that Matt and his team have seen over and over again. And also the compliance. We want to dig deeper, but doing it in a compliant way. So you don't also don't want your nonprofit to be sued for unfair hiring practice or for doing something that's that's not proper. And compliance is at the forefront of the background screening world. Um, and having someone to manage that also protects reputational risk and the brand. And that's where the expertise, I think, is crucial. And that's kind of the point of this show, which is kind of expose people to the differences between all levels of screening and bring on experts who, and really illustrate how they help their clients and their partners manage risk and do things that, that set them apart and help their, their clients set themselves apart from everyone else in that organization. And Matt, you bring up some really great points. Joe, do you have any final questions before we let Matt go? No, no final questions. Just a couple thoughts. I mean, I, I know we covered a lot of bases there. One of the one of the things, and I think probably one of the bigger highlights, and, and Tim, you just mentioned it. One of the reasons to partner with somebody like Matt, right, in this nonprofit space, would be uh, the simple fact of he obviously knows what he's talking about, and when it comes to your organization, he realizes that whether you've got two people or three people in that organization, or you've got 150 people in that organization, that your needs are not going to be the same as the person next to you. Um, he understands and, and we understand that HR has got its hands full. The people that are running these programs, attempting to keep these organizations safe, have magnitudes of things to keep in mind. One of which is your board of directors is not going to have the same type of background check that your you know, everyday hourly volunteer is going to have. And so you know, you'll run into a lot of companies where they try to fit a square peg into a round hole, right? And they say, hey, these are the background checks we have to offer. Here's the pricing. Here's the services that are included. Some of those services you may not need and others you may need and they may not have it. And so I think it's really important to, you know, approach a partner from the sense of customizing your services and your packages based on your particular needs because your needs are not the same regardless it's if it's the same industry, if it's the same type of nonprofit, it's not the same as the as your as your competitor or or uh, you know a co organization. Well, Matt, thanks again for taking some time today to come on the show. Um, we'll definitely link up all of Matt's information in the show notes below. If you need to connect with them, we'll leave that information there. Um, and Matt, before we let you go, any final words? Well. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate you guys bringing me on and, and no doubt about it. We like to bring that expertise to the table. We don't look at it as a transaction. We look at a consultative relationship and ultimately we want to do what's best for your organization so you can serve. Thank you both. Awesome. All right, Joe, Matt, thanks again for tuning in. Again, you can pick up the podcast wherever you download your podcast and you can also watch the vidcast on YouTube. Again, thanks for tuning in to Background Screening Tips and Tech and we look forward to connecting with you very soon. Thanks. Thanks.